Welcome to All Things Greater Burlington, where you will hear from the movers, shakers, and changemakers that are moving Greater Burlington forward. Here is your host, Stephen Brody. Welcome to All Things Greater Burlington. It's a pleasure to have with us today John Billups, who wears many hats here in the Greater Burlington area. Uh, Mr. Billups is the current mayor of the great city of Burlington. He also serves as the harbor master at Bluff Harbor Marina and the development director at Burlington Notre Dame. So certainly a lot that takes up this gentleman's day and very pleased to have him in here today. So John, thanks again for spending time with us. You bet. Thanks for the invite. I have to ask the obvious question, how how does a normal day go for you when you are wearing potentially three hats? It There can't be such a thing as a typical day for you. Well, I, you know what? First and foremost, I'm blessed because uh, my, my employers like Bluff Harbor, that's a kind of a part-time, full-time job. Uh, Notre Dame is a full-time job, but they both allow me the flexibility to do the mayor job. Uh, or the city council job before I was mayor. So, you know, with the technology today, um, it really it really kind of works out in the end. I help with a couple other places, and then the one the one job I don't get nearly enough credit for is I'm the strong back, weak mind of my wife's trophy business, Mitty's Trophy Case. <laughs> so I don't get to make any decisions there. So, so how how would you characterize the state of affairs in Burlington? You you've been around here for many years, and now you're in a in a, an important position with the mayor. How how would you um, characterize and grade uh, Burlington as of today? Well, and I would say this. Um, if I was the mayor or not, but I would I would say that Burlington is a city on the rise. Uh, we have always been blessed uh, since I started paying attention to things when I turned 13 in 1976. We've always been blessed with great volunteers in our community, great volunteer leadership, great leadership from corporations. And so that's continued on. But I think what's really made the big difference over the last 10 years uh, specifically the last five or six, is finally it feels like everybody is agreeing on what direction it was. Everybody uh, always has the best intentions, but we and we don't have to agree on how to get there, Yeah, but we ought to agree where the, des- agree where the destination is. And I think we're doing that now, which makes a big difference. Yeah. You know, but it's easy to be a little disgruntled about, you know, I, I learned a lesson um, a while back is the easiest way I can explain it. My friend Steve Delaney is a business editor here at the Hawkeye. He went away for 10 years and came back as a publisher. Yeah. And he and I were sitting around one day and I was lamenting the fact of the lack of progress. And he clicked off a, about a 25 item list of things that had changed for the better since he had left okay. the community and came back. And yeah. when you, you do have to kind of take the bird's eye view at Burlington from time to time because everybody has a tendency to be somewhat negative from yeah, time to time. Sure. And, uh, you know, I said this at the bridge lighting ceremony. I just wish the citizens of Burlington could see us through our visitors' eyes because when they see, look at us, they look at our corporate presence of stores and restaurants and, and then our mom-and-pop restaurants, bars, and stores – the revitalization of downtown and then also the revitalization of the city center, the old fairway mall yeah. and the Kmart Plaza, which is now the Burlington crossing. If you look at those three points, yeah. uh, just as far as business and retail and shopping, 
Wow. I mean, we've had a lot of private spending and a lot of public spending in those areas. And it's it's really showing. And, and the nice thing is, is once you see a little bit of movement in any one of those areas, yeah. it's amazing how it just continues to grow because somebody else wants to be a part of it. It, get, it gets contagious, doesn't right. it? It really does. Well, and I think you're absolutely right where oftentimes, no matter where you live, you need to listen to what the tourists say. Those yeah. who come here to shop, to dine, to play here – you will hear such rave reviews and such wonderful compliments about this mm-hmm. community that you want that to be the overall. And and I think you're right. I think it's getting there. I mean, mm-hmm. there there is so much that's going on. And of course, I, you know, I don't have the history here like like you do, but to hear the stories about where Burlington was several well, years ago and compare it to where it is today, it is night and day. It is night and day. And I, you know, I grew up, I graduated in 1980 and, I'm telling you, the 80s in Burlington was rough. The old phrase is, the last one to leave, please turn out the lights, was true. Yeah. Uh, business was horrible. Uh, recession. Uh, crime. There, you know, it was not that was not guns so much, but stabbings and muggings and assault. And and it has really turned the corner. And, uh, you know, and, and the reason it turned the corner is folks didn't give up. They, yeah. you know, it, it's Walter Payton ran 16,000 yards. In his career, you think about that when he got knocked down every three yards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's so what you have to do is you have to get up when you get knocked down, dust yourself off and try again. Sure. And if the plan's not working, you try something else. And I've, I was blessed with parents that encouraged me from an early age to go out and try. And, and if you, if you failed, you know, that's all right. You regroup and you try again, you know, and, um, and it's served me well over my over my years yeah. because I've had to reinvent myself a few times, and that's okay. What do you think it was, John? And I'm sure you know the answer to this. What was it that did kind of turn the page here in Burlington? Was it that certain people left and new people came in, or was <laughs> it that you just had certain people that said, "Okay, enough is enough, and we need to do something"? I think I think probably all three of those things. You know, one thing. <laughs> Uh, or three or four of those things. One thing my dad used to joke around about, and it's not a good joke, but there was nothing back in the 80s, he would say, there's nothing wrong with Burlington that a few well-placed funerals wouldn't take care of, uh, which is a horrible <laughs> thing to say, but I understood what he meant. Sure. Um, I, yeah, I think I think it's a matter of a, we just kept working and we had enough leadership. And then you also have to tag team. You have to change of leadership to continue that momentum. We had enough of that go on and people kept working hard at it that slowly, incrementally, we saw some progress. And then, um, you know, it's just kind of started to snowball and and it's really gone well. I'm very proud to be in Burlington. In fact, when I, my wife and I went to school together and uh, we met each other 10 years after our graduation, we were both uh, coming out of relationships. And, and when we were starting to get serious, I looked at her because she had lived everywhere. And uh, I told Mitt, I said, Mitt, I'm never leaving Burlington. And I, that's probably going to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably be here doing something until they put me in a box somewhere. Yeah. So, And I'm happy with that. Yeah, it's, Life's good. I know in your role as mayor, um, a lot of what you want to do is to be cheerleader mm-hmm. for the community and for outside to the state at the at the right. federal level there's obviously times when 
you have to make hard decisions or oh, you sure. or you have to get emotional about mm-hmm. things. And and obviously I don't want to spend a lot of time about it, but you know, the whole issue with BNSF and the railroad crossing that we had, you, you were you were having to really put your foot down to try to get things done. Was that something that was out of your comfort zone to to have to do to kind of get to that point and say, hey, come on, people, you you gotta take action yeah, well, here. I'd love to tell you that it was, Stephen. Uh, my father used to describe my management style when we had Billups, and especially when I was younger, as Godzilla through Tokyo. <laughs> I don't, I don't mind wreaking some havoc when it's a subject that calls for it, mm-hmm. uh, and and that did call for it. And you know, we kept the pressure on, and then uh, our great city manager. Uh, Chad Bird, he he had sent. Finally, we had discussed it. He sent a certified letter to Warren Buffett. That's how that got fixed. Yeah. We went to the top, and then all of a sudden, everything else rolled downhill, and things were fixed. That's amazing. So it it really worked out well. But yeah, I mean, there are. It's being the mayor is a tough job. Now I benefit from following Shane McCampbell. We have had great mayors in our city history. Yeah. But the nice thing about following my friend Shane is he elevated the visibility of the position where even though we're all one of five, uh, you just have a little more visibility. So you, from time to time, have a little bit more clout to cash in. Mm-hmm. And uh, following him made that easier for me because I'm not the people person that he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like to, you know, I always have this mantra, I just want to get it done. Yeah. You know, when we see something's right, let's get it done. And, yeah. and as long as you you realize that what's good for Burlington is generally good for West Burlington and our surrounding smaller skitties and the county mm-hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. You know, and you you can't get caught up on what what's you know what's good for Burlington. Look, if tomorrow if a manufacturer came in and said, "Hey, I'm going to locate in West Burlington, bring 300 jobs." I'll be the first one there uh clapping. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure they would be the same way with us. So mm-hmm. because it's stronger for the region is is that's the key. And I know that there were issues in the past, but I, I I'm not sensing that much anymore. And in talking with and I've interviewed both city managers yeah. and there seems to be a really good relationship that's going on and discussion and and wanting to partner on on things because this is greater Burlington. Yeah, I I think um I think we have the two good city managers right now that realize that from time to time, not every time, but from time to time, uh, teaming up or looking at where we can share expenses or share projects makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think those are the discussions that we have to have going forward. You know, we're, we're Burlington's 29.8 and uh, West Burlington's 3,500 something. You know, we're not really big enough to be two separate cities and not care about each other or work together. And so I think I think we're doing much better. Uh, I think our citizens are much better about it, uh, and I think our our leadership is much better about it. So yeah. trying to work together. Do you think there's anything um, that's still not being communicated well enough about what a great area this is? You know, it uh, that's a t- that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we talk about ourselves nearly enough. We have a tendency to look at our warts first and go from there. I've, I've, I've said that several times. You know, it's human nature, right? Most people look in the mirror and they say, well, I wish my ears were a different shape. Or I wish I, in my case, I wish I still had a full head of hair. I wish I had my afro from the 80s. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when you really look look at the the core of what we have going on and 
and the amenities that we have and, and, and look around at what other cities are struggling with, we really, we're blessed. And, uh, you know, it, 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 we're first and foremost, we're blessed with great people here, living here. Um, and when, you know, I talk a lot about leaders, but a leader is a person that walks through their neighborhood and picks up trash, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a leader can be anything in, in our area, and it's just trying to make our area better. And on the whole, Burlington's a city full of leaders. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you, I really benefited and appreciated participating in the City Academy mm-hmm. uh, that is put on. It is a great program. And it, it, if nobody knows about it, it's an eight-week program towards the beginning of the year. And you get to visit all of the the city departments, basically. Right. And they offer their time. They take you on a tour. They give you a glimpse of the operations and everything. And it really gives you a good appreciation of what goes on. And I think that's a wonderful program. I don't know how many other cities in the area do such a thing. But that's um, that's a wonderful thing that is made available to any citizen yeah. that wants to do it, and it's free. And well, yeah, the city academy, the police academy, the fire academy; those are great programs, you know. And there's a, there's a reason for doing that. Uh, one, we we want our city staff to see normal citizens look at what they do, and then also feel the they get the feedback about the value that they provide. Um, and you know, I learned long ago that. It's a lot harder to yell at somebody you know about a problem uh, than a faceless person or a person that has a title and you don't know who they are. So typically, everything gets worked out with comp- conversation and compromise, right? Yeah. And, but you got to get to the point where you can have that conversation. So the more we can introduce our citizens to the city staff and vice versa, the better. And so that's why we've pursued that. Yeah, no, that's that's excellent. Let's talk a few moments about your role as, as harbor master and the <laughs> yeah. and, and and the marina. How much anxiety, I guess, do you get when the water is dropping like a, yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, when there's when there's flooding issues, and then when it gets too low, how how does that affect you in your role? Well, it, it it's not stress free. Let's put it that way, because uh, what the marina does is basically it's there for recreational boating, whether it's fishing or or just enjoying the river. And first and foremost, you know, we take the river for granted. Um, you know, it, it, it's there, it's always been there, and we just assume it's always going to be there. See, and I grew up on the West Coast always hearing the, the lore and the history of the mm-hmm. Mississippi River, mm-hmm. right? And so to actually come out here and to see it every day, right. I think you're right. So many people take it for granted, whereas so many others have never experienced it. And then when they do, there's just this wow factor. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, when we had Billups, I, I worked 40 years. I, a block away, I could see the river. Um, and I was a river guy, and I remember one of our uh, vessels, one of the steamboats came in, and I'm walking back and forth across the street with my head down, muttering about something. She goes, lady, I don't even know, turns and looks at me. She goes, I bet you take that for granted, don't you? And I said, what? I looked at her, and she goes, well, that. <laughs> and she pointed both hands to the river. And yeah. I said, and I said, ma'am, you're right, I do. And I've tried to change since then, but. Yeah, You know, it, it, it does cause some angst. Uh, I've been vocal about, man, I wish we could do some dredging in this area, you know, not just for the main channel, but the, the side sloughs. Um, we've pinched the river. The humans have pinched the river by building levees. And so it doesn't uh, have the same current and flow that it did before. Uh, 
Uh, low water causes a lot of anxiety because I don't want people to, you know, get their boats damaged. And then yeah. also, can they even go out? Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it can be tough, but it's really rewarding. I mean, I work a lot at, at, on the weekends down there, and it's fun to see people out having fun and, and passing on, uh, whether it's fishing or recreational boating, to their families. So I, you know, you see a uh, you see a mom and dad, and the kid gets older, and all of a sudden the kid has a boat, and they're out with him, and and it's passing on traditions. You yeah. Know? But the nice thing about a river versus a lake is river's never boring; it always changes. It's always there. Yeah, it always changes. <laughs> now, for those who don't know everything about the the marine and the operations, mm-hmm. and I, I'll admit I'm I'm one of them. So folks have their own boats, but what other what other services are provided there? Well, we do sales and service yeah. there. Uh, we sell new boats and used boats, and we also repair boats. Uh, we have 148 slips, which is an in-water slip. Yeah. Uh, back when I was a kid, and I had a boat there in the in the actually I had a boat before I had a car. Um, we had a boat there, and, and back then we used to put them by via trolley. Uh, you'd have your boat on a steel wheel cart and you'd roll it down this trolley line. And, really? But the office was much further north. Now our neighbors, uh, Shokokwan Boat Club, that's still how they do it. So it's fascinating just to watch that because it's about a 20-foot traverse that these boats go down. And we have people stop and watch that all the time. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, then we also do some boat storage down there as well. Yeah. So. What happens to the boats? What do people do mostly off season? Do they do they leave them there? Do they take them somewhere for some sort of storage? We we do have some storage, but most take them for storage. We have uh, <coughs> three boats that stay in the water. Then uh, what they have to do is they put what we call a bubbler in there to keep the ice from forming on the hull, because you want to have a little gap there if ice breaks up. Ice, Mother Nature. It doesn't bend, right? Ice will ice will really mess up a boat quick. So what we try to do is you try to have uh, open water around those facilities or around those boats. Right. So do you have? I would imagine you have some sort of a pager or something that, like, if there's um, an emergency of some sort, just a cell phone. I think okay. everybody in town has my number. Yeah. Uh, I know all the uh, marina patrons do, and and I. You know, to my wife's chagrin, I put it on my Facebook page and on my business card. I remember when I got elected, I had one of the outgoing city council people say, whatever you do, don't don't put your public, not your personal number out there. Well, that's the first thing I did. Uh, I, I, <laughs> you didn't listen. <laughs> well, I ran on the premise that I wanted to see communication improve between the citizens and the city. And I've tried it. I've always kept that. My, my, my folks were that way. Uh, if you knew my old man, you could call him at any point in time and talk about business or just say hello. He was he was one of those guys. And so I've tried to keep it that way. But n- now with technology, with the cell phones, boom, you know, you can set it on a if it's an emergency call, it, it goes on. A, like when I know we're working on something, it'll flash and beep and it goes up all lights up the bedroom at night when I'm sleeping there and there's a, a late night activity I need to pay attention to. So. Do you have things set up where it's a different kind of a ringer, whether it's right. Marina versus city versus right. Notre Dame? Right. <laughs> yeah. All three. I, I, I wa- I'm a walking jingle box. <laughs> so it's, but it's fun. It works out. Now, how long have you been the development director at Notre Dame? I took that role in 2019, so four years now. Okay. And, and as development director, I'm in charge of the foundation. 
mm-hmm. which is our fundraising arm for the school. Uh, we do, you know, of course, our two big events was Pot of Blue and Gold, the $100,000 raffle. Yeah. And God's Portion Day, which is a benefit auction. But we also yeah. work on several other smaller uh, fundraisers, like when a, a, a team or a class needs to raise funds. Um, and one of the things we've been working on lately is improving our memorial page and presence. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it really, there's not a boring day in my life typically. So it's I would, fun. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. What, what's the, what's the status, uh, now at Notre Dame in terms of capacity? Do we, we would be, um, that question's been brought up a lot because of now the new ESA voucher program, yeah. um, you know, Without expanding facilities, we could probably take on another 20 kids mm-hmm. uh, comfortably. Uh, but we are committed to a certain class size. Yeah. Uh, and and the biggest the biggest and toughest thing, um, like everybody, is workforce, right? Sure. We have to find teachers. And we not, not only have to find teachers, but find good ones. We're yeah. expected to. And so it, it that is a self-limiter uh, mm-hmm. as far as how many kids you can have. So. Yeah. But we're right now we're right about 420 students. That many? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the condition of the school, is there talk about doing any sort of repairs or additions like you mentioned, or does, does it seem like it's in good shape? Good- the school's in really good shape. We have a great maintenance staff, and, and uh, they've done a good job taking care of the building. Now, to be honest, we'd love to put our last big expansion was the elementary building and the elementary gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd love to put an auditorium in uh, for for our arts programs, uh, which are really strong at Notre Dame. And there is, uh, for those of you out there, if you have a bequest or you have some spare cash, you can, <laughs> you can, you can donate to, the, to, to that particular fund because uh, eventually we'd like to build an auditorium there. Where do you go now? For productions, we we have it in. It's in the elementary gym. Okay, it's just a gymnasium versus an auditorium. That's, I got it's it. It's a little harder for the sound. We we have um, dusted off our our youth tech team. Uh, we've finally realized that maybe these kids know more about technology than we do. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so they've started that group back up, which will help with stage production and music production, that kind of thing. Yeah, when you took on your role as mayor. Obviously, that got you into the political realm mm-hmm. of things. And without being ideological, uh, is there things that you learned uh, or did you ha- have to pick up right away that mm-hmm. maybe you didn't before in terms of how things operated? And yeah. you, you say that you're a person that likes to get things done. Well, you know, in, in government, that doesn't always it doesn't always work. It doesn't work that uh, way. Uh, yeah, a couple things I learned. Um, you know, I will say that I have been as guilty as anyone about griping about city government from time to time before I took on the role Mm -hmm. and still do from time to time. Um, I learned a lot about what city council can and can't do. Mm -hmm. I've also learned a lot about the speed of government, which city government's relatively nimble when comparing to the state or feds. Right. Um, you know, but it's slower than you expect. And it's slow for a reason, right? So we're going to make a change in a policy. We donate three work sessions to it and then also three meetings to it because you got to vote on it three times. But when I first got on, we were going to revise our trash can program. We were the only ones that didn't have some kind of trash cart program uh, in this area. And that took us almost eight months because we wanted to make sure that whatever we 
reach was the best compromise for all citizens. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, you know, you'll see us talk about something and we'll go back and come back to it or we'll table it and come back to it. Well, we're still working on it. Yeah. It's just we have to, we're looking for more feedback or more, uh, more information. And, and how much do you involve yourself in it versus allowing the, the staff and the administration? Uh, you know, there have been times when I've probably been too, too involved on a few issues and I've had to learn how to back off. Mm -hmm. um, by the same token, I will, I will say that to a person, our city staff right now is probably one of the best that I've seen. Uh, they're responsive. Uh, they're, they do their level best to educate you. They do their, you know, right with our Tiger Grant program, you know, thanks to the Greater Burlington Partnership, which is another organization I've been involved with, we've never had meetings before, where a construction meeting for citizens and business owners. A construction meeting was always for the contractors. Yeah. Well, we've been done that now with Tiger Grant for two years, and we've learned a lot of things about the benefit and value of educating people what's going on. Yeah. Most More often than not, I'm, I'm pretty active on social media. And when I see someone's criticizing something about Burlington and I know it's based off, they don't have all the information. I never try to embarrass anybody. I'll back channel them and say, hey, you can still disagree, uh, but here's the thought process and here is the, the reasons why we've done this. And more often than not, when people have that information, they might not still be in love with it, Yeah. but at least they understand it. And that was one of the reasons why I ran. I thought we could do a better job of that. And, that, and that's a good question because wh what was it, what did you do first? So it was, what was it? The Was it the Marina then mayor, then uh, then Notre Dame? Uh, actually, I, yeah, I was, uh, when when we closed Billups, I went to work for the Hawkeye newspaper. And, okay. And it came up because uh, Delaney, uh, Steve Delaney, my friend said, you know, he goes, someday I think you're going to run for office and you can't hear because it wouldn't be fair to have the reporters cover you. Yeah. So when I when I lost that gig during the corporate buyout from Gatehouse, uh, I went to work for Pritchard Broadcasting. Okay. And um, John Pritchard is actually the mayor of Galesburg. And so when that came up again, he said, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. And the way I got into it is I was discussing an issue with somebody and a friend uh, of ours, overheard us, and uh, Dan Cahill, thank you, Dan, <laughs> got me into this mess. He uh, he went out and took out papers in my name and got them all all forty signatures and handed them to me. He goes, "I think you'd be a good city council person. You should run." Yeah, here you're set. Uh, and so I thought about it and uh, I talked talked to my family about it and then I decided to run. Yeah. So I was I was at Pritchard's and then during that time I started the marina, um, got on city council when Shane when Shane opted off council. Uh, I was appointed mayor by the uh, city council, and, and and then I went to Notre Dame as well. Yeah, I was going to say it almost sounded like a perfect storm all happening at once, but there was a little bit of a gap there. Yeah, there's a gap there. I mean, it didn't all happen simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And you know, like I said it, it, earlier, I'm, I'm blessed with understanding coworkers yeah. and, and employers that uh, because the the city gig. I mean, if you start keeping track of how much time you, if you're going to do it and do it right, our our packets are anywhere. That we get on a Friday night, so you got to have them ready by Monday. So that means studying those. Yeah, uh, they're 100 to two, three hundred pages sometimes. Two, two eighty six was the longest one I saw. It's incredible. You got to read the info. Yeah. Uh, so you can't do that without having some uh, 
allowance for it. Yeah. And then also to be able to just go to the different events that people want you to show up. Or, you know, just here recently we had the, the huge announcement at the plant. You know, I had to have the freedom to go out there and meet with them and talk to them uh, about their expansion plans. And so I've, it's really been, you know, hats off to, to Notre Dame and hats off to uh, uh, the Tim Roberts at uh, Bluff Harbor Marina for allowing me to do that. Yeah. And my wife, too, for letting me get out. Well, I would, I would think so, I would, and yeah. I would hope so. So, John, when you have free time, mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you like to do? Oh, I, you know, I, I, of course, I like to boat. That's one of the reasons why I started working in the marina. I was worried they they didn't have a manager at the time. I thought, well, I could probably do that part time and do all right. Uh, so I like to boat. I really love to spend time with with family and friends. Um, just relax, you yeah. know. And when you work when you work hard, and then all of a sudden you relax. Man, it just seems so much more valuable, you know? It's like, I always tell this, I'm going to, and people will be, uh, you know, don't judge me. But so my family, uh, my family, brother-in-laws or my bros, I call them, they own the Paddlewheel Lounge. And uh, I rarely go in there with a lot of coin in my pocket because my wife has my money. (laughs) And someone asked me, why don't you ever buy your own beers? Why does your wife buy them? I said, well, you ever notice that when someone buys you something, it tastes colder and better? That is true. And it's the same thing with work and relaxation. <laughs> if you work really hard, uh, I was raised with the mantra, work hard, play hard. If you work really hard, and then when you are playing it just or relaxing, it just seems more, I think. Yeah. Uh, but that's also the way I'm wired. I, I like to be busy. I, uh, I think I'm one of those individuals, if you said, hey, John, tomorrow you got to quit all everything you're doing, you're going to retire. Uh, you could start the clock, and mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a long clock before I would be not around. Yeah. I, it's just the way I'm wired. Yeah. So. Well, John, I, we really appreciate um, your commitment to the Burlington area and the different hats that you wear, the dedication that you put into it, and the passion that you that you provide. And so we are thankful for the partnership that we have here with you and just are, are, are thankful for your role in all of these and what you're doing. Well, I appreciate that. You know, Burlington's been really, really good to my family, and all I'm trying to do is pay it back. So thanks. Well, thank you, sir, for being with us. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe uh, to our program and give us a call at the Greater Burlington Partnership and let us know uh, who you would like to have us interview next. Until next time, we'll see you on All Things Greater Burlington. been listening to all things greater burlington with Stephen brody be sure to hit the subscribe button to catch all new episodes to learn more about all things greater burlington visit greaterburlington.com atgb